Hola a todos. Bienvenido a Que es un podcast. The podcast that does not speak Spanish. Or the host at least doesn't speak Spanish. You might. And you might have said, what the fuck was he just trying to say? Um, I was hoping that was grammatically correct. But what I was trying to say is, hello everyone, welcome to what is a podcast. Um, that's what I was trying to say, but I don't speak Spanish. So maybe that was completely wrong. But this is what is a podcast where me, your host, talks about life and interactions and then reviews a podcast a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so welcome. If you're a new listener, welcome. I appreciate you. If you're a repeat listener, I don't think you exist. But welcome if you do exist. Um, and I appreciate you as well. Um, but today on what is a podcast, I just wanted to talk about, um, let's start off top with just a little bit of how I've been feeling about the podcast and I've been feeling really good about the podcast. Um, I did take an extended break, but I feel like this is nice. I get the sound off when I want. It's not like a solid schedule just because I'm so busy, but I have been being pretty consistent with about a week or 10 days in between episodes of the podcast um i've been uploading the podcast to youtube which is great um and i've gotten i think the last episode got like 20 views which is great because i'm not popular so getting 20 views on something and having not a large fan base is great um so yeah the podcast i'm feeling good about feeling good. I feel like I came up with the idea to review podcasts kind of on a whim. And I feel like this is something I can really stick to. It's something that's really like great. And I was thinking like, say I have guests, say this becomes like a big podcast and hella people listen. And I have like a studio, say I have a guest, like I can like, I was thinking like, what would I have my guests do? I could have them you know, listen to a podcast and then have their thoughts on a podcast and my thoughts on a podcast. And we can like sound off. We can bounce opinions off each other. What we think. Did we like it? Did we not like it? I think that would be pretty cool. Um, or if my guest has a podcast of their own, we can talk about their podcast, the the artistic merit behind it, the creativity that goes into it. Do they have producers? How their philosophy is for their podcast? I think all that would be um, pretty interesting to talk about. Um, what goes on behind the scenes of other people's podcasts? And of course, other fun questions as well. Because you can't get too meta all the time. And people have other interests outside of podcasts, of course. Um, and I have a little bit of a like an energy drink, but it says it's not an energy drink that I'm going to review on YouTube and I'm going to take a sip right now. Ah, scrumptious. Um, but yeah, I'm, t I'm drinking an energy drink that's not an energy drink called Fit Aid. There should be a video on YouTube very shortly. Um, within a few days of this podcast going up, the video of reviewing this drink should be going up. Um, so that's all fine. But yeah, I was also thinking about Patreon because a lot of like podcast people that I've you know listened to and done research into when it comes to finding new podcasts to listen to for um, this podcast, since this is in part a podcast about podcasting, I was like seeing a lot of 
podcasters that have Patreons. And Patreon is a place where you can pay money and you can get perks from people who do artistic, creative shit. And if you pay more money, you get more perks. Um, And I was like, what would I do for a Patreon? And I've thought about this because I make YouTube videos as well. And a lot of YouTube people have Patreons as well, where fans can you know go a little bit further, make a monthly subscription to support their favorite people. And I don't have nearly um, the following to merit starting a Patreon, but I was just thinking, like, what would I do? Like, what would the perks be? And I felt like if I did a Patreon for, like, the podcast or for my YouTube channel in general, I think, like, I would have, like, a baseline perk of, like, um, like question and answers, I guess. Like, if I had fans and I had questions and answers, or, yeah, questions and answers, maybe have, like, a live stream once a week where I answer people's questions um, for like 20 to 30 minutes or something. That's what I was thinking about. And then maybe there's a second tier where if you pay like 10 bucks, you have like a Discord server or like a group chat where like you could talk about all things me, like kind of like a subreddit, I suppose, but I don't use Reddit. So I don't know how viable that is, but yeah, that's just what I was thinking about Patreon. I don't think I'm anywhere close to having a Patreon unless for some reason I get a whole bunch of followers, subscribers, listeners right away. Then, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. But just in case, that's what I'm thinking about if I end up making like actual money off of this and I'm actually prospering off of this. But it's OK if I don't prosper off of this. It's OK like for my YouTube channel not to prosper. It's OK. Because, like, I can be funny in my way. I can sound off on topics in a way that's fulfilling to me. And it does take, like, um, energy away from me, especially since I have a full-time job. I do a lot of traveling for my job, Um, a lot of commuting, I should say. Not so much traveling, but commuting, because I'm not, like, going out of state or anything. But, you know, it does take a lot of energy out of me. And it's, you know, a little bit difficult to, you know, consistently pump out videos, consistently pump out content at a consistent pace because I have other shit in my life. And I think people understand that, Um, especially since I'm coming from not a full time content creator. This is my hobby, essentially, like creating content is my hobby. And I don't I don't even have like the highest quality. I don't think I'm particularly great But I do think that's part of the appeal, like a lot of YouTubers or a lot of podcasters or a lot of like entertainers on Twitter or Snapchat or anything like that. Those are just like regular people for the most part, like social media or influencers or whatever you want to call it. I don't have like a label that I give myself because I'm not one of those people. Technically, like I'm not popular. I don't influence people in that way. I don't have a name for it myself, but a lot of those people started out as regular people, right? Like there's people who started out as Vine, like people who are like regular high school kids dicking around, fucking around, making Vines are now like rich people now. People on YouTube were just like dicking around with a camera. And now a lot of those people are rich people now. People on Twitter as well are like getting like legitimate writing jobs because they were good at Twitter, and those are just regular people that um, prospered in a way. And I think like that's kind of the charm of this new age of media where you don't have to be 
in movies or be on TV, even though that's still great. But you don't have to like start out that auditioning process in that way. You audition by being yourself and hopefully a lot of people think you're funny along the way. And not everyone prospers forever. People fall off, whether you're like a traditional actor or comedian or whatever, or you're a new influencer media person. People, you know, have their ups and downs or highs and lows. They fall off. They, you know, enter and exit their primes. But yeah, it's just something I was thinking about Um, doing what I'm doing, like basically just for me, like something that's fulfilling to me that I can talk about topics that I want to talk about be funny in a way that I want to be funny. And even if you don't think it's funny, that's okay. I know I did start off like YouTube in a way where I was like kind of in an act that it was all about the money. But you know, who cares? There's money to be had and I'm making money, just not on the internet yet. And maybe that'll happen, but who knows? Um, But that's not all I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to talk about some real life stuff because I do stuff in my real actual life and I have a job and I work mostly in San Francisco. And um, I was thinking while I was in San Francisco today, um, I take a lot of like Ubers around just because um, I can. And I do walk sometimes. I do like to walk and I travel from place to place. I like walking, get a good mile in, some good sweating or whatever. But I do take an Uber from now and again because San Francisco has a shit ton of hills and, you know, it's hard and it takes a lot of time. So I do take Ubers and I do get reimbursed if I'm Ubering for work. So that's fine. But I realize I cannot drive in fucking San Francisco. I need to be a public transportation boy if I live in a big city because I currently don't live in San Francisco. I live outside of San Francisco where it's not too bad. But driving in the streets of San Francisco, like these like drivers who like are born and bred in San Francisco, like it's tough. Like you have all those buses and cable cars that you have to worry about. There's no parking anywhere. And I had a driver today. He was going fast as shit. He was just zooming through these tight ass streets, almost crashing. And I think that that's what you have to be to be like a successful driver in San Francisco. Like, for me, like, I'm not, like, an aggressive driver. I'm, you know, I'm a defensive boy. I'm a defensive driver. I like to be safe. I don't want to crash into people, which is probably going to lead to my downfall. And my enemies are going to take advantage of that now that I've said it out loud. But I'm a defensive boy when it comes to driving. I'm an aggressive pedestrian. If I'm on the street, I'm aggressive. But when I'm in that car, I'm a defensive boy. And I think you need to be assertive when you're in San Francisco. There's a lot of people trying to get places. Traffic is bullshit and everyone knows it. Parking is bullshit and everyone knows it. So you have to get where you want to go fast. There's buses everywhere. There's a muni and you got to avoid that. And I would say working in San Francisco, I would say I see like 10 potential car crashes a day, probably. And people honking, all that shit. Excuse me. I see all that shit and I'm like, this is wild. But at the same time, I guess this is how it has to be. Like you have to be that. And like, even when I take Ubers to like places I've been before or places I've driven before, and it's like, wow, you're taking this turn a lot faster than I would have, buddy. Like you see a driver and you're like doing things like that you wouldn't do. And you're like, oh, I wouldn't take this turn or whatever. And it just makes you a little bit nervous, but it's also kind of exciting at the same time. 
But I'd see a lot of people like take turns or like pull into places a lot more recklessly than I would have done when I drive this way. And I'm not driving this way because of extenuating circumstances. That's why I'm taking your bitch ass Uber. I didn't mean that. You're not a bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Uber driver. You're not a bitch. I rated you five stars. Um, But yeah, it's just funny. It's just like a realization I had. Like, you cannot be a defensive boy and thrive in San Francisco traffic. You just can't. You can't. You have to be an assertive boy. You have to. And you have to be willing to get honked at. And you have to honk at people. You got to honk at those bitches who are going too slow. You got to. That's just how San Francisco is. And yeah, if I ever move to that city, if I make like $8 million and I live in San Francisco full time, yeah, I'm going to have to be a public transportation point because I cannot do that. I cannot. I really just cannot do that shit at all. But it's cool, though. I don't have to do that shit. I can live in the plains, in the prairie, in the valley, in the mountains. And just chill and be a nice defensive boy. But if I live in this city, yeah, we're we're going ham on that public transportation. I'm having my bus pass. I'm having my clipper card. I'm having whatever I need to get around without a fucking car. Um, But anyway, that's not the only thing I wanted to talk about. We are talking about more shit today coming from you live at 8 p.m. from the Bay Area, California. We're talking about a bunch of shit today. Um, And I wanted to talk about some news coming out of the Philippines um, with their president, Rodrigo Duterte. And before I do that, I have to say, I have never been to the Philippines, but I'm not down with Duterte. Um, I do not support killing drug addicts just because they are drug addicts. I don't support that... um, slaughtering I just don't I have to preface this so people don't think I'm down with Duterte and if you're up with Duterte um then I guess you are um but I'm just one of the preface to say I'm not down with Duterte um anyway so I was seeing that our boy Duterte Rodrigo he is proposing to change the Philippines name Because the Philippines is named after King Philip, I believe. And they do not, um, they do not have that colonial history that they would want to have. I think I phrased that wrong. They do not want to be seen as like a colonial nation. Or at least Duterte is saying, I don't want my country that I'm running to be seen as like this subset of Spain. I want to be our own shit and I want to call it Maharlika which is a word that means nobility, and it would be called like the Republic of Maharlika. And I have to say, on its face, I don't necessarily disagree um, with that. Like, I think like, oh, Maharlika, like it's a native, as close to a native word as maybe you can get in the Philippines due to the influx of people from Japan, Spain, the United States, um, a lot of Muslim countries. There's a lot of Muslims in um, the Philippines. Uh, a lot of that mixing um, of cultures and ethnicities um, and that fragmented um, islands because there's a shit ton of islands in the Philippines. So it might be like as close to a native word as you can get. And it means nobility in the common day sense. So I get it. But like I was looking on Twitter and I was trying to see how people were feeling about this because I know that 
even though I'm not down with Duterte, and I know a lot of my friends who are Filipino are not down with Duterte, there are people in the Philippines who are down with Duterte. I mean, they did want him to be president after all. So just was perusing, and then people were like, who cares about the name of the country? What about the economy? Like, have you thought about the economy, Rodrigo? That's a lot of what I was getting. Like, yes, we this is like a colonial name, but... We have bigger fish to fry. That's basically what I was getting from this. Um, But I also was thinking, like, how are people going to identify? Because right now you have people from the Philippines being um, Filipino, right? Filipino, Pilipino, Philippine X, whatever you want to say. A lot of those people are Filipino. And then you have people like their ethnicity, like a lot of like Ilocano people that I know, um, people like that that have their own um, ethnicity and they uh, broadly is called Filipino. And I should also say that I do know a little bit of Filipino, a little bit of Tagalog, whatever you want to call it. But I was thinking like if you're Filipino, do you then become Maharlikan in English anyway? How do you call yourself in your native language? Is it Maharlikano? Maharliko? Maharlika? I don't I'm not entirely sure how you would um change that into a, a denonym or what you call your people. Um I'm not sure if that's been ironed out by Duterte, if he does change the country's name. But I was just thinking like how are people gonna call are they still gonna call themselves Filipino? Because if you called yourself Filipino for your whole life, how are you gonna change? It's going to be really awkward. Like, I'm speaking to you as an African-American male, as a black male. And if all of a sudden they came up with a new word for African-American or a new word for black, I don't know if I would be down with it because I've identified one way my whole life. And now you're asking me to change on a whim. I don't know if I'd be down with that. But maybe people are. But a lot of people I saw were being like, Bitch ass, what about the economy? Don't worry about the name of the country. Worry about the economy and stop being an idiot. That's what I was seeing on Twitter. Maybe in the actual Philippines, support is different. Um, And I was also reading in my research that Maharlika, while it means nobility now, it didn't always mean that way. And I saw like possible Sanskrit origins, meaning like divine creation or great creation or big creation. And I will say like Maharlika right now, like a lot of like the like the describing words, uh, adjectives in Filipino start with like M.A., like Maganda, Mabango, stuff like that. Maganda meaning beautiful, pretty, Mabango meaning um, fragrant, smells good. In other words like that, that start with an M-A. Um, but these words I was reading, may Maharlika in particular may have origins in Sanskrit, which and it means like big creation or something. But people are saying it might be a mistranslation. It doesn't really mean noble. It just means someone who is free. Um, it was talking about like there was a caste system in the Philippines going back to the pre-Hispanic era before Spanish colonizers, Spanish settlers ever made it to the Philippines. And it's just really interesting that like a word that means nobility now in this day was a mistranslation potentially um, based on Filipino historians. And that's that's just like, for me personally, like I majored in linguistics and global studies. Like that's the shit that really um, 
grinds my gear. It really gets my my gears running. It really oils me up to see that type of shit um, from an educational perspective. <sighs> Took another sip of my energy drink that is not an energy drink. Um, but yeah, that was just something I was thinking about. Something that fascinated me. Again, I'm not down with our boy Rodrigo Duterte. I'm not down. Don't take it to mean I'm down. I am not down with Duterte. I want to make that abundantly clear. Um, but yeah, they're saying that Maharlika maybe just um, meant free person. And, you know, back when there was like caste systems or social hierarchies that were very rigid, it just meant like a free person, um, which isn't bad. Like black people changed their last name to Freeman because they were free men after slavery. So it's not bad to be a free person. I think we all know that, but maybe it's a mistranslation. Um, but that's not the only thing we're trying to talk about today. We have to talk about probably the biggest story right now in February 2019. And it's someone whose name I'm not even 100% sure I'm pronouncing correctly. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is... Jesse Smollett, or Smollett, or Smollett, I don't know. But he's an actor on the show Empire, which is not a show I've seen. Um, probably because I just haven't been too interested in that show. But I've heard about it on Twitter, and I've heard of Jesse on Twitter. And if you haven't known, if you don't have Twitter, because how do you get information if you don't have Twitter? You can't. But if you don't have Twitter... Um, Jesse, who is black, who is gay, who is open about it, who's been an activist, about a month ago from time of recording, he was attacked. And it was like a homophobic attack, a racist attack made by Trump supporters in the Chicago area. And then people were saying, no, he wasn't attacked. He faked it. He didn't. He paid two guys to fake it. And now... It's seeing like he is a suspect and they're actually going to charge him and arrest him on charges of like reckless endangerment and filing a false police report. And I'm like, holy shit, this is more interesting than Empire has ever been to me. And I was thinking like going through some details of the case. I don't have all the answers in front of me, but it appeared that there were two brothers that Jesse paid, two brothers who were not white, who are from Nigeria and we all know that if you're going to have a Trump supporter attack you, the only African Trump supporter is Barack Obama's brother Malik. We all know that. So why would you get Nigerian people to fake this attack? You don't know any white people? You work on a major TV show. There's no white people around. I know like you're down for black people and all that, but you don't know any white people? Jussie has to know white people. He has to know white people that he could have paid to do this attack, right? But he's, he paid two Nigerian brothers to do this. And I guess they confessed that, yeah, he paid us to put him in a noose. Like, they put him in a noose to fake, like, a Trump attack. And Jesse was like, yo, I fought back against those Trump supporters. I was attacked, but I held my own just because I'm a minority in several different aspects that I can hold my own against these racist ass Trump supporters. And it turns out that it was probably fake at this point. And it's like, dog, dog, Jesse, why would you do that to us? 
Why would you let us down like that? You just gave a lot of conservatives, and yes, I am not conservative, you gave them a lot of ammo against us, against us and our our causes, if we want to be Democrats or liberals or whatever you want to call it. Our cause has been torpedoed temporarily by your bullshit. And it's like, why, why did you do that? I don't know why you did that. But like, maybe it was to gain attention. They say maybe he was getting written off of the show and he didn't want to get written off the show. So I guess may- that seems plausible to me. I don't know. I don't work in the entertainment industry as of now. So I don't know if he was going to be written off the show or not. But I was like, why else could he possibly do it other than for attention? I don't know. Like, you can say in some twisted way that it's to bring awareness to these issues. But you can be bring awareness just by being you. Like, you're black and you are gay. You can talk about black issues and gay issues, LGBTQ issues, as much as you want. You're black and you're gay. You're LGBTQ and black. How could you draw awareness with... You can draw awareness by being yourself, dog. Like, why did you do that? Or maybe he just, like, was tired of it and he just wanted to, like, spice up his life, maybe. Like, he's tired of the acting, so he wanted to stage something because he wanted a new acting challenge, maybe. I don't I don't know what he, what he's trying to do. But I was like, damn, Jesse, why did you do that? Why? You, we we were supporting you. Like, people were supporting you saying, fuck these hating-ass people who attacked our boy Jesse, who has an album coming out also. Like, if he goes to jail, I don't know if his album is still going to come out. Because I was on Jesse's Twitter, and they said he had an album coming out, like, in March. Like, his debut shit. And I was like, dog, was this to promote your album? Is that what it is? Like, album sales? Is that what you care about? Is your album... Because we have bigger fish to fry than your fucking album, dude. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I am upset at Jesse for torpedoing our leftist causes. And um, yeah, but that's not all I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about Bernie Sanders. And yes, it's politics time. I'm sorry, but we live in a political time. It's politics time, baby. Bernie Sanders has announced his presidential candidacy. You know, there's been a lot of Democrats. You know, there's Tulsi Gabbard. There's Kamala Harris. There's um, the guy from Starbucks. There's Cory Booker. All those people. Elizabeth Warren running for president. And I'm like, damn, I am tired of the politics. And I know politics are important, but I am tired of presidential elections. But I wanted to talk about Bernie because I felt a way about Bernie because I was down with Bernie back in 2016. And I'm like, Bernie, I would have liked Bernie more if he was already president. Like if Bernie had actually won the presidency, I would have been all for it. I would have been happy behind Bernie. I would have supported him as long as he didn't do anything bad. I would have supported him. But Bernie running now, it's like. It seems almost desperate, like it's his last shot. Like, he's never been young in my lifetime, but it was like, oh, I've never heard of this guy, Bernie. He's pretty cool. But now it's like, Bernie is like, come on, dog. 
come on. Why are you doing this again? It's like you lost, move on. And I still like a lot of what Bernie is saying, but it's just like, oh, Bernie again? Like, I would feel the same way if Hillary ran again. It's like, oh, Hillary again? I don't know. It just seemed like he's trying to get like a last-ditch effort to be president one more time, and it kind of seems like desperation. I don't know. But politics in general, like this whole election in general, it's a year away. It's a year away from anything serious happening, so I'm trying not to like be too upset. But I also realize how hard it is to like make jokes about this because back in 2016, when there was a shit ton of Republicans, there was Cruz, there was Kasich, there was Bobby Jindal, there was Rand Paul, there was um a woman that I forget her name. I forget what her name was, but she was like a woman. She was like, like Hewlett Packard, but... All those people, it was easy to make fun of because I was not on their side. I was never going to vote for them anyway. I was not on their side. So it was easy to make fun of them. But now on the Democrats, it's like, I kind of agree with all of you. How am I supposed to make jokes now? How am I supposed to make fun of you when I kind of agree with all of you now? And it's like the seriousness because I do not like Trump and I am not fucking with Trump. And yes, I'm a millennial and I haven't been politically active for too long. I've voted twice now in elections. I voted in 2012 and I voted in 2016. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm voted now. I'm seasoned now. I've voted a couple times now. But it's like, ah, these people, I cannot make jokes. It's so serious now. And yes, politics is serious because it helps with you know, our country and our states and all that stuff. But I just I just don't want to take it as seriously when it's a year away. And I kind of agree with all of you. I don't necessarily 100% agree with all of you. But how can I make jokes when everything is so serious? I don't know. But that's how I'm feeling about it. And Bernie just made me feel away because I was like, oh, man, again, Bernie? Come on, dog. Just be a senator. You You can do a lot more being a senator than you can being a president probably because you're gonna have to rewind all of trump's bullshit but who knows i don't know it's just it just felt like oh i would have liked it better if you were president already that's how i felt um but yeah i guess that's all for that so i'm gonna get into the podcast review um i'm going to do a fake advertisement if you are new I do advertisements, but not like real advertisements because um, I don't have any advertisers because I'm not popular. So I do fake advertisements off the dome and I'm going to do Audible, audible audible.com. So I'm going to think about what I'm going to say for a few seconds and I'm going to take a sip of my energy drink that's not really an energy drink. And I'm going to go in three, two, one. Do you know how to read? Are you busy reading, but you cannot read as much as you want to? Are you on the go? Are you a jet setter? Are you an influencer? Or do you just not like reading? If any of that sounds like you, 
Audible is the place for you. Audible is run by Amazon. And yes, Amazon does not pay taxes. And yes, Amazon is run by the richest person in the world. And Amazon, you know, has some questionable labor laws. But we also have a shit ton of books. And those books are audiobooks. So you don't have to read. Just listen. It's like a podcast, but way more polished and way more produced because it was done in a studio with someone who's probably British reading with perfect eloquence and clarity. Yes, that's Audible. And if you go to audible.com slash read, that's audible.com slash R-E-D. Even if you can't read, have someone type that shit in for you. Go to audible.com slash read to get 15% off your first book purchase. Once again, that's audible.com slash read. All right. I thought that went pretty well. I started off shaking a little bit and I said something I didn't want to say, but I feel like I got back on track with that, with that Audible ad. I thought that went pretty well. Um, but now we're going to go to the last segment of our podcast, and that is the podcast review. And if you've listened to this podcast more than once, you probably saw my last um, podcast where I talked about pyramid schemes and people in pyramid schemes. And I was doing some research, like the psychology of pyramid schemes, why people join them. And I came across a podcast called The Dream. And The Dream was about pyramid schemes. And it's a lot more um, polished and podcasts I typically listen to. It was like reality TV, but without the TV. It was hosted by someone I believe named Lisa Marie, who is from like rural Michigan, like outside of Flint. And whose community had been entrenched in pyramid schemes, and they, her family had been entrenched in pyramid schemes, and she was just talking about all the bad stuff about pyramid schemes, talking to experts, talking to historians, the history behind pyramid schemes, and a lot of pyramid scheming is gendered, like skewed towards women. I didn't realize that until I listened to this podcast, and like just seeing like all the shady shit, but also like some of the positives. Pyramid schemes do make people feel good and they tried joining some pyramid schemes and they felt good at parts while doing it, but they also lost a shit ton of money. And I thought it was very fascinating. It was very highly produced, like a TV show almost. Um, And yeah, not like a typical podcast where it's just two dudes like jacking off in front of each other. (coughs) Excuse me. But yeah, I thought it was very good. It was one season, so they're not currently doing like a once a week thing and when the dream comes back it will be on a different topic that's not pyramid schemes but i thought it was very fascinating i blew through like 12 episodes of a season and i thought it was really good um i give it a download i give it um a rating of five stars i give it like a nine out of ten because it's very informative it's kind of funny it's very clear highly produced overall just a good podcast listening experience that really makes you you know tickle your brain a little bit um yeah it's just called the dream like the singer the dream same type of shit um but yeah i give that like a nine out of ten i think it's important because a lot of people are trapped in these pyramid schemes and i think pyramid schemes are fucked up you might think differently you might think pyramid schemes or multi-level marketing is great and good for you But I'm telling you, I think that shit's fucked up. 
And yeah, I give that like a 9 out of 10. If you're interested in that type of thing, if you want to learn more about that or the history behind it, look at experts, look at researchers, look at the data. You look at people losing money selling snake oil, basically. Um, Yeah, this is a podcast for you. Yeah, I give it like a 9 out of 10 for the dream. And yeah, I guess that's all um, for what is a podcast this episode. Um, If you listened all the way through, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Um, Rate five stars if you can. If you rate anything less than five stars, keep it to yourself. If you want me to review a specific podcast or your podcast, potentially, let me know. But only if you rate five stars. Why would I listen to someone who gave me three or four stars? Give me a five star. Please. I'm telling you. Um, and you can follow me at YouTube or subscribe. YouTube.com slash Altapope. That's A-L-T-A-P-O-P-E. Twitter at Taco Tanzel. That's T-A-C-O-T-A-N-S-E-L. Instagram at Buttery Tanzel. That's B-U-T-T-E-R-Y-T-A-N-S-E-L. Um, but yeah, that's all. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Please be safe. Love you. Goodbye.